my name is Brian Greenstone. I'm the president, CEO, and founder of Pangea Software, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. Uh, I love to go around the world and interview anyone who can help us out with app development, with app startup, being a, an entrepreneur, or even, as we're calling it now, appreneurs. And I've uh, really got a great guest uh, today. His name is Aaron Wamoski, and he is the uh, the f- creator of uh, feelthemusy.com. You can go and check uh, out the app if you just type in feelthemusy.com. And uh, go, of course, all the links will be on the appguy.co episode 254. Uh, and he's uh, working as an iOS developer, software consultant, uh, and also uh, has a Dash Agency, so building apps for others. And he can help us out, uh, understand if that's a good thing to do or not. Uh, Aaron, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hi, Paul. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, so where do you want to start? I mean, uh, you've got so much going on. Uh, we're trying to help people who listen to the show who want to get into becoming an app entrepreneur. Perhaps you can give us a sense of how you uh, you know, got into the space. Yeah, for sure. So I'm a college student, uh, second year, actually, and I've been working with iOS for about five years now. And it was actually a really funny story of how I got into building uh, iPhone apps. So when I was in grade nine, I was known as, I don't know, the tech guy. And then I had a couple of friends that were like, hey, Aaron, can you jailbreak our iPhones? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't worked with them before, but sure. Okay, I'll do it. So I took it home with no idea what I was doing, and I managed to jailbreak these phones. And that sort of snowballed into me jailbreaking phones for everyone in my grade, and I turned it into a business. And from there, I sort of wasn't happy with the apps that were on the App Store at the time. And I was especially wanting, I was itching to get into it too, because I was just as the app boom was starting and there were stories of people making $30,000 a day. And I, I wanted that life. So I managed to scrape together enough cash to get a Mac. And from there, it all just snowballed again. And I just turned into making a ton of apps for myself and then going in on to working for others and then starting a consulting business. Um, so it's been, it's been huge um, since then. Uh, well, for, uh, what a great story of how you uh, got into it. And a lot of people come to me and they say, Paul, you know, there's so many people making money. And it's because the press is very focused on these one hit wonders. You know, these uh, these guys, these you know young guys who have made a, a ton of money. If someone's getting into it now, is it as easy as what it was back, you know, when it first started? And would you recommend it? Yeah, well, it certainly wasn't easy. I can say that it was actually pretty funny because I thought I was going to be a giant success after the release of my first app, which was this like how to fix your iPhone like reference app. Anyway, I I thought it was going viral. So I woke up the next day and I checked the downloads and I had like one purchase out of the what I thought was going to be 30,000. So it was very humbling. But I feel like it is actually easier to get into now than it was back then, just with all the technology that's come out in terms of Arc making it easier to manage memory on iPhone. There's so many more tutorials out there now and courses like the Stanford iOS course. And I feel like it's also a very, still a very, very good platform to build for. However, there is a larger component of marketing since it's much harder to actually get your app naturally found by users versus how it was back then when just having an app app was enough for someone to go out there and download it. 
Yeah, I remember way back when the show first started and uh, I was interviewing uh, Joel Tom and he was one of the first, uh, you know, first thousand, I think, to get his app in, in the app store. Uh, yeah. And it was a giant success. And of course, it was, there was only, you know, maybe 10, 20,000 apps in the first three, four months. And it just seemed like a lot easier to be discovered. And, and I think app discovery is one of the biggest challenges now to face uh, anyone who's bringing an app to the app store. Is that is that what you would agree? It, it is pretty challenging. Oh, for sure. App discovery is the make or break for how successful an app becomes. Because I mean, to get your app to be successful, you obviously need users and they have to find your app one way or another. And there's just so many services online that offer app reviews and all, so many services like or websites like TechCrunch and other blog websites. And it's so hard to get on those too. So app discovery is the number one. And it's also, in my opinion, the number one hardest thing uh, in the app store today. So. Imagine like someone listening to this now, they've uh, created an app, perhaps, or they're about to create an app, and uh, they maybe want to do this full time. And I'm just wondering how best to help them. Is it better to start focusing on the ability to make apps and maybe make some apps for other people before starting your own portfolio? Is it better to work in sync? Uh, or is it better to just do your own thing and forget about the hassle of building apps for you know other people that sometimes are clueless? What what sort of advice would you give to anyone who's thinking about you know getting into it full time? Yeah, so doing iOS work full time does require a fairly extensive portfolio. Just from the I've seen so much competition in terms of when people post jobs on online job sites, you'll get so many responses saying, hey, I'll build your app. So being able to stick out and actually get these jobs is huge. And that requires a portfolio. Uh, portfolio is number one. Um, for someone looking to get into it, what I would recommend is building a few apps for yourself, just getting published and familiar with the App Store. And then you can sort of look for introduction jobs and introduction opportunities to get you building your commercial portfolio of apps that you've built for others, which will in turn go and show that, hey, you're a competent iOS developer, and then you'll just get more and more jobs from there. So a portfolio is the number one starting point. That's what you need to succeed in this business. Aaron, I have to say, 254 episodes, it's the first time anyone's really focused on uh, the importance of portfolio. But it seems so obvious, doesn't it? If anyone's going to be choosing you to work on their app, then they want to have a good look at your portfolio. How how much work do you need to put into an app before being credited on that app? I'm thinking of uh, potential opportunities to work on small small parts of bigger apps. Can you just like put a few lines of code into any app and then have that as like an app that you've worked on? Well, that that certainly depends on who owns that app. I mean, if they're nice enough, they'll be like, yeah, you can you can put this on your portfolio. But uh, I was lucky when I started in that I was a student still. Well, I'm a student now, but I have significantly less time available. But back in, I mean, in high school, I had every evening I could work on it. So I was able to crunch out hundreds of hours a month into, into building these iPhone apps. Um, so that certainly helped uh, learning and building a portfolio just from sheer volume. But getting uh, involved in open source projects is huge too. I know there's sites like, uh, there's like weekly sites like uh, iOS goodies, which is gonna give, which is gonna highlight the best online port, sorry, the best online open source projects of that week. So getting involved and getting your open source project on there just helps you get out into the community. Um, so open source is another option too, instead of actually going and working on your own iPhone app that you launch the store. 
So we also have a lot of students listening to this and I'm thinking, helping those guys, you, you said you were still studying. What, what do you plan to do when you finish all the studying? Are you uh, looking to go full-time into corporate Canada, I guess, or uh, uh, corporate America? Or uh, are you uh, looking to you know, continue uh, tr- trying to support yourself with the stuff that you're doing? Yeah, so I'm currently studying computer science, um, just sort of get a more formal education since everything that I've done is self-taught. And uh, and upon graduation, I certainly plan to go to the States, whether it be New York or Silicon Valley, just because I love building products for consumers, and that's where all the startups are. <laughs> There's not, I'm from Winnipeg, which is a big place in Canada, but it's not really big in terms of iOS development opportunities and a huge tech boom. It's growing, but I, I certainly feel like I will have to move south um, just to get in into all of that Silicon Valley and startup areas. Yeah, so it's a big challenge, isn't it? Because a lot of people listening to this are not uh, based in the uh, New York or or uh, California. And, uh, you know, there is sometimes like a challenge to actually go and live there anyway because it's quite expensive so uh, you know even just to get rent apartment um to to uh, support yourself is going to be quite a challenge and and so i'm guessing that you have to go in almost with with, um a a job opportunity to start with rather than just i guess doing what a lot of the actors do when they go to la (laughs) just hope for the best do you have a plan do you have a plan then is is, uh, is there anything that you've thought through that could help us out Certainly keeping uh, options. I mean, just viewing, say, Y Combinator and seeing who's hiring every month can get you experiencing what startups are hiring. And then from there, you can actually go and uh, and send them your portfolio and your resume and hopefully get an offer from them, which will then allow you to have much more security in moving out. Um, I mean, I, what I love about iOS, too, is just that it's it's a digital technology, so you don't actually have to be somewhere to work on it, although it's preferred um, I, I mean, all of my consulting has been remote. I've worked for companies in New York, and I've worked for a guy as far away as Saudi Arabia uh, in Canada. So it's, it's moving certainly isn't a requirement. It's just it's something that's nice just to be in that office after I've worked so far away from people my entire life. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking, Aaron. Actually, you've got quite a few things we could talk about. I'm wondering what would be the best use of your time. For example, we could talk about building apps for others and, and any advice you've got on that. Or we could talk about feelthemusy.com, your latest app, and maybe about launch and you know teaching people how best to to get the attention and get that you know get get discovery. What would you want to talk about? Yeah, I'm I'm down to talking about app discovery. That's something I'm really passionate about, and I put lots of time into it with Musi. Okay, that's how'd you get uh, Feel the Musi uh, or Musi discovered? Yeah, so uh, being a college student, I obviously didn't have a lot of capital and a lot of startup money to actually go and advertise the app. So I haven't advertised it whatsoever. Instead, the entire time it's been leveraging the existing user base to do that work for me. And a lot of that has been through App Store optimization. Um, what Musi did, and I wrote a blog post about this, is uh, is we 
have this very intuitive rating prompt in the app. So you know all the apps that go and show up and they'll be like, hey, would you like to rate this app as soon as you start it? Well, we used to have that and then we tore it out for some very custom rating prompt. So after you play music, it would say, hey, if you're enjoying music, rate the app. But it's very unintrusive. What we've noticed is a giant influx in five-star ratings to the degree of maybe 50 a day. And this has actually been huge for the app. I've noticed a giant climb in the amount of downloads just from how the App Store rates and ranks apps that have higher ratings. So doing something like leveraging your users to get ratings in an unintrusive manner has been huge for us. And also another huge thing has been the title. Um, Musi originally was just named Musi on the App Store, which didn't convert well whatsoever with its users that were downloading it just because they didn't know what Musi was, but they know what a YouTube player or a song player was. So adding that little tagline after the app, like saying Musi dash unlimited free music from YouTube and like downloader for SoundCloud, it just described what the app was and then it ranked so much higher again in these search results. So I noticed that a lot of developers, what they'll do is they'll just launch their app that they've put hundreds of hours into making without significant thought into how it's going to look on the App Store. And that's been something discovering App Store optimization and the power of actually changing, say, your keywords, your description, your screenshots, every iteration, and then seeing what works for your customers has been huge for us. And it's allowed an app to be successful with no budget whatsoever. I have to do full disclosure here. I mean, this is a very transparent show. And so I, I am supported and sponsored by two uh, uh, related companies, one that does ASO, which is Gummy Cube, and uh, the other one uh, that does a lot of stuff for ratings, which is uh, Asking Point. So I just want to get that out there before anyone uh, you know, picks me up on it. But but I am really interested in ratings. I, I know that uh, getting ratings is one of the big battlegrounds. I obviously, you know, a challenge to, to, to get ratings for a podcast. And uh, it, it does it. So you've seen a, a really big increase just simply by asking people to rate your app. Uh, I'm wondering, is there any guidance on on when to ask? Uh, where, like how many times should they come back to the app before you start asking that? You know, and how many times do they open it? Have you got any numbers you could give us on that? Yeah, so there's the really traditional rating prompt, which just pops up as soon as you start the app saying, hey, if you're enjoying my app, go and rate us on the App Store. And that's what we totally threw out in going for a completely custom one. So the first thing that we looked for when building, we as in myself and just a buddy. Um, so the first thing that we did is we said, what at what point in Musi are users the happiest? And we decided that they're probably the happiest after they've started playing a song because it works, they're getting access to their music and they love it. So we were really targeting that player screen as where we're going to have the have the pop-up. And then we actually decided to go away from a pop-up. And instead we had it, so instead of cover art for the song, there'd just be a question, hey, are you enjoying music? If a person said no, we would ask them to send us feedback so we could know what we were doing wrong. And that's been helpful as well in learning what people aren't liking about our app so we can fix it and then convert them to five-star rating users. And then if they said yes, we'd ask them another question. Hey, would you like to rate us on the App Store? And then if they hit yes, we bring them into the App Store. If they hit no, we just never ask them ever again because we want them to obviously stay happy, not be spammed by this prompt, etc. So it was also based, we based how how we show the prompt on user engagement. So it wasn't based off an amount of launches 
like a lot of traditional apps are. Instead of we just wanted to target the power users of Musi, so we checked the size of how many songs you had in your library, in addition to how long you've been using the app. And if it was long enough, then we'd ask you to rate us, because chances are you're happy with us. And we completely ignored the people that weren't happy with Musi or the new users, just because it wasn't worth the risk of them not enjoying the app and rating us low. Um, so the prompt asking you if you're enjoying the app combined with the longevity of the users that it's asking made a humongous impact on ratings because they all ended up liking the app as we anticipated. <laughs> so, so what I'm taking away there is uh, focus on the power users of your app, uh, the ones that are you know, obviously using it the most, and uh, then uh, ask them at the right time and, and, and in the best place in the app as well, where they're probably the happiest and uh, you, you said in your example, it was when they've played a song. I'm not sure if you're actually going through the songs and figuring out which ones are the, the happy songs. <laughs> so, <laughs> we don't have that deep data integration yet. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm guessing like you're just in terms of the mechanics, you're probably doing this. Uh, each each uh, update to the app goes into the app store. And then uh, so, so if you wanted to change the uh, the length of time you're taking to, to ask somebody, then you would have to then update the app. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So every uh, every update or every change in code generally does require another app update. There you so go. So that you need my sponsor, Asking Points. <laughs> so, <laughs> I did say full transparency. So, uh, um, well, moving on, I was just uh, wondering in terms of launch then, obviously ratings like you've seen a big impact on uh, the, 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 the position you are. Uh, I'm guessing like, have you got pretty high up in the charts then because of that? Yeah, um, fairly high up just naturally, which was nice. We had a little bit of press at the start, which really boosted it. Um, press was actually really, really hard, hard to get. Uh, our biggest success was probably getting on the national news here in Canada, purely due to the ages of the people that were on the team. At the time, I was just me and two other friends who were both in high school. So having a marketable story such as, hey, we're 17 and we built an iPhone app, news agencies really ate that up as well as blogs. Um, compared to now, where it's way less sexy, hey, I'm 19 and I built an app. I mean, that's still kind of cool, I guess, but certainly not as cool as being under 18 and building an app. So it's been hard ever since I turned 18 to actually get press. <laughs> yeah, how, how did you actually get that? Did you did you have to send out an email uh, to the you know various press uh, offices? Perhaps you could talk us through because I know that one of the biggest uh, things that seems to come back to me is that uh, no one can can get hold of these journalists and when they do no one ever responds yeah that's that's how musies felt actually i contacted one journalist which is funny and he said hey i use the app every day i love it i'm not gonna write about you <laughs> it's like cool <laughs> at least he was honest <laughs> <laughs> exactly i appreciated the response and he loved it but still wouldn't write so it's hard to get journalists to write and the biggest thing is to just give them a story to write about because they're obviously really busy right and just saying, hey, this app exists isn't, isn't too cool for them. So there has to be a story of some sort behind your app. And I still haven't figured out what Musi's story really is past the ages. And that's why we're not on TechCrunch or any of these big sites. But the success we did was targeted around the story of us being young and starting an app. Um, which journalists liked because it wasn't what you would read every day. So my biggest point would be if you want to get in the press, give them a story, not just your app. And I mean, that's really ambiguous. That's probably terrible advice because it's hard to do. But 
that's that's the biggest thing and that's how we experienced early success just getting in press which helped us build that initial user base yeah i've learned a lot about story writing and i think there are like uh resources online i think where you can actually get help in narrating a story and it just seems to make a lot of sense actually uh, writing your own almost like trying to be your own a journalist and write your own story and uh I think that's exceptionally good advice, and it's taken 254 episodes to to get that. So, <laughs> uh, what I was wondering then, uh, Aaron, we have two more things to do before we say goodbye to you. One is that we do like to f- try and flesh out new ideas for this show, and so I'm wondering if uh, you have another app idea, or you've come across an app idea that uh, you, you've feel it's okay to share with us um something that you've been thinking about if you have great if not don't worry we've got another way of fleshing out an app idea from you so do you have an app idea um my sort of the one over the last few weeks and this is probably going to be really bad so i'm like embarrassed to share it but the one that i've been like thinking about over the last couple weeks is i'm huge in like getting into like habits and whatnot like even just forgetting to like do various not hygienic things but like i don't know wear my retainer every day or something like just remembering to do these things it takes a while to like build up that habit so i was just thinking a dead simple app to start habits because i've used some on the app store and they're all overly complicated and i just want something where it'll reward me after doing a set thing for a set amount of days or say going to the gym three times a week and it'll just say good job you've done this for nine weeks like I don't know, something dead simple. Because I feel like all the ones on the app store right now are overcomplicated, but I, terrible idea, I know. So no, I mean, sorry. it's a really good point. We've had a number of people on the show, developers, uh, startup founders, who have been talking about how to best uh, do a habit app. We even had the, the founder of uh, Lyft that now is Coach Me. And one of the biggest challenges is tr- trying to keep people uh, involved. Uh, I'm trying to do my fitness pal. Uh, and trying to record everything I eat. It was great the first three or four weeks. It's just hard to keep up. So I'm thinking, I'm almost thinking, what, there's not an app where it has just only either some sort of Siri integration where you just say, hey, Siri, can you update my app? I, I did my thing today. and Or uh, just having like maybe a simple one button, that is it. You know, you press that button and that's all you do and uh, just See, keep doing yeah. it. See, that's what I'm thinking because I think that, the apps themselves are so hard that people won't even like keep up with pressing three buttons to go and update their goals. So I was thinking just dead simple, have you done this today in a big yes or a big no? And it would just reward you either way. I don't know. Yeah, there you I, go. Through the push notifications. Yeah, yeah. Even something like that. Just deep notifications. It'll intuitively pick the time to ask. And I, I feel like there could be something done there, even though it's been tried so many times. No, I think you're on to it. So anyone listening, uh, we want an opportunity to build that for for Aaron. And uh, please uh, go ahead, build it. (laughs) uh, The other thing is that we love talking about apps. And uh, I'm wondering if you do have your smartphone close, whether you uh, could pull it out and give us one or two app recommendations for apps that you tend to use to get you through the day, business or personal life. Yeah, so there's this cool app called Musi. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I've been plugging my sponsors. You're very welcome to plug that as much as you want. <laughs> I just find uh, a couple apps that I think are cool. I, I'm not, honestly, I'm I'm a huge social media guy, but I'm not huge on sort of other apps. I really like Product Hunt. That's a fun one if I'm just sitting there to see what other people have built, startup ideas, etc. 
Um, Yik Yak's pretty hilarious. And other than that, you know, I... Oh, Song Kick is another fun one. I, I love going to, like, concerts, and it scans your iTunes library, and it'll tell you when these artists are having concerts in your area. You can, like, choose the cities that are close by to you, and it'll tell you when. So that's a huge one I like. And, uh, and just, just on that, Song Kick, uh, Aaron, I have to say that I only opened it up yesterday. It's, I've not been in the app for about a year. And what I love, and everyone listening is going to be, like, if this will be very relevant, is that Song Kick will now scan your Spotify playlists. And uh, that's a big upgrade for me because I don't have anything in iTunes. It's all Spotify. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant because now I do get recommendations for anyone uh, playing locally that's on my Spotify list. And, you know, rather than all these old uh, albums that uh, were a legacy on iTunes, like ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those those early CDs that you had from your parents, you just burnt and, and put into iTunes. And uh, anyway, so Songkick is a big update, I think. Yeah, that's that's certainly a fun app. I, I love it. Great. Well, I'll put uh, links to everything we've talked about here uh, your blog post, the apps, I'll put them in uh, the show notes. So it's episode 254 uh, with Aaron Wormoski, and uh, you'll be able to uh, get access to those. If you just go to the appguy.co and you can either search for Aaron or just search to, to episode 254. Uh, Aaron, it's been just a joy talking with you on the show. I wondered how best we can connect and reach out with to you. Yeah, so I have a Twitter at awonowski, A-W-O-J-N-O-W-S-K-I. And, uh, and that's the best way to get in touch or, or email or my website, aaronwinowski.com. Uh, any of those work. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Aaron, for coming on the show. All the best with uh, after you finish college and uh, you're, you're on the road to 30,000 a day. Do you get back in touch with us? <laughs> for sure. You have a great day, Paul. <laughs>